1: Welcome back, tribe from the north, brave and bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and your Vandal affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Chris Hammond, and joined with me today, we have the professor, Brian Marceau. How are you, Mr. Marceau?
2: I am as happy as I'm going to be about a D2 game to talk about, so hey, pretty happy.
1: Pretty happy for a D2 game, perfect. Oh yeah. We're also joined by Alex, the Boat Boatman. How the heck are you? The best of all time.
0: You know, it's uh, not flooding yet here in West Virginia, so we're all right. I'll stay afloat, I think.
1: <laughs> and running the show from the shadows, we have producer Dammer. How the heck are you, Dammer?
3: I am fantastic. The best week of the year. No losses on the Idaho schedule. We can still dream about being undefeated.
1: And we plan on starting with a 1-0 and record, but we will get into that because joining us today, we have the new color commentator for the Vandal football broadcasts, Trent Buck Cowan. How are you, Trent?
4: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know we're excited to have you on and uh, kind of hear you uh, call the game this this Saturday. I know you you were probably really excited for the first matchup to be Simon Fraser, but. Uh, it's still probably nerve wracking, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, so let's roll into this, everybody. Yeah, it's, get... well, it's, it's Yeah, go ahead.
4: Oh, it's, it's great practice because uh, hopefully a lot of the players get in. You know, so I'm <laughs> I'm saying a lot of names out there. It's good it's practice.
1: True. It's <laughs> true. How many flashcards you have to like burn through every night? Are you just like flipping through every night? Like, got to nail twenty pronunciations before I go to bed.
4: No, I'm, I'm practicing. I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the web. I'm doing my best. So, uh, fingers crossed.
2: I'll but wait, Buckman just broke in yeah, some news. Sure. Do, uh, announcers consider Simon Fraser a tune-up as well?
1: <laughs> I think that's a professional no comment. <laughs> no, but, uh, I mean, just, I've been doing a lot of research. <laughs> I've
4: been doing a lot of research. Doing a lot of research about Simon Fraser, so uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But um, I'm I'm hoping for a Vandal victory, obviously, and we'll we'll see what happens. Hey, you got to play the game first—that's for sure.
1: That's true. Can't can't sleep on them. Well, with that, let's open the bar. Pull around uh, Brought to you by Hughes River Expedition and pull some taps. I mean, there's no better question, I think. Quarterbacks to watch. We're gonna to have to deal with this for up to four to five weeks. But let's see, like who do you what do you want to see out of every quarterback in this game? Brian.
2: Well, first I I wanna make sure the quarterbacks get out uninjured. That should be like a brain dead thing and not something we're that concerned about with D two. But um just because both CJ and Mike have had injuries, you know, that we've seen, uh, you know, fingers crossed there. But I want. I think against a team like Simon Fraser, out of CJ, out of Beaudry, and also we know Zach Borish is going to play too. I want to see us be aggressive offensively, and if that means uh, both CJ and Mike getting shots to stretch the field a little more than we saw in the spring, that's something I want to see. I also hope that um, you know Zach Borish. We know he's going to be playing. We know he has a package that that he's that we expect to see against D one teams. I want to see the guy throw the ball a little bit when there's not 25 mile an hour wins. Um, I don't, I really expect that it's going to be Mike or CJ as you know, the guy taking most of the snaps, but you know, what Alex brought it up last week. Borish, if he plays regularly through season, he's probably going to see the second most snaps of any, any guy quarterback. So I want to see, I want to see him throw the ball and I want to see us get over 40 damn points.
0: (laughs) Uh, Hey, that, Hey, that'd be good. That'd be a good way to start the year for sure. And, uh, I mean, we've shown that against these D2 teams. That's where we kind of sit, sit about, um, in our point total, I'm going to use one word for each quarterback, um, to kind of see what I want to see for Boris. I want to see efficiency. He's not going to get a lot of reps, right? Overall, but so he's gonna have to maximize his time out there and be efficient with his reps for Beaudry. I want to see consistency. Okay. Let's see. We didn't see him be really consistent last year. We saw a lot of up and down, right? He's on or he's off. Let's see some consistency for CJ. Let's see some excitement, right? I think he's going to be the the game changer. um, If he does, when he, when he does play, he's not, you know, what we've seen at quarterback for Idaho the last uh, and since kind of Chad challenge ish, right? There's some exciting plays. Things are going to happen. He's going to make some, make people get off their feet. Uh, I know, Brian, you and I were off our feet when he was playing against the Utah. We were sitting right there with each other, Yumi and Dallas. And So, um, so I want to see efficiency from Boris, consistency from Beaudry, and some excitement out of CJ. If we get that, um, we're, we're all going to be winners at the end of the day because um, that means all guys played pretty well. Trent? Trent?
4: Yeah, I think you want to see the quarterbacks be accurate, be able to move the ball down the field, um, not miss on any throws. Uh, You you mentioned efficiency, uh, being consistent. Um, You know, I I think this is a a game where you want to see the quarterbacks play really well. Um, Hopefully in the second half, we can rotate some guys in, get some new guys um, out there. But um, yeah, you want CJ and uh, Mike to, to do well and really take command of the offense and move the ball down the field at will. Hopefully that's what you want to see out of these guys.
1: Yeah. And for me to round it out here, I, what I'm looking for out of Audrey is that step forward. Does he look comfortable? Cause at times we saw flashes of what we thought he was going to be big body quarterback. able to so stand in the pocket and sling the ball around a little bit more of your pocket passer type, but, you know, he was kind of like a Colton Richardson where like he had that cannon struggled a little bit with the accuracy, but also surprising athletics. Like you would see Colton Richardson go on a couple of those runs where you're like, is he really going to think about running this? And he did. And actually like surprised the defense with how athletic and quick. He really was able to kind of shift to pick up yards with his feet. Baudry showed a lot of that kind of at the end there, the NAU game. And you saw it a little bit against Eastern Washington, but more in the last couple of games. I want to see more of that. I want to see if, you know, Now that he's transferred, he's been in for a year. If he starts to feel more comfortable, those feet stay a little bit calmer in the pocket, and we can kind of see what we thought Beaudry was going to be. Out of CJ Jordan, I just want to see that he's healthy. I want to see, we kind of talked about it last spring. He was coming off an injury out of high school. You know, we probably took him out more as a precaution last year just because it was like, all right, we knew he had an injury history, and he is most likely our future at quarterback. I think we saw where the spring season was going, and we're kind of like, all right, we're going to roll with what we have. And if we can just, we saw enough out of, CJ, bench him, put him on the bench, ice him. Let's get this guy ready for fall. He's ready for fall. I want to see how he looks. If he's still electric, he's still got that speed from everything you've seen in the summer from him on Twitter. I mean, he's been working his tail off to, to get back in shape. And just, I mean, he, I think by the end of his career, he's going to be absolutely something special. I've been saying it since day one when we brought him in recruiting. I was on the train of red shirt use the four games, try to get, or all of last season, try to get him like 10 games under his belt before he takes over the helm in 2022. He's now my, you know, leader in the clubhouse to kind of lead this team in the 2021. So I kind of want to see that fire out of him. I want to see him separate from Beaudry and the rest of the competition. Uh, And then for Borish, we know he can run. We know he's electric. We know he's a team leader. I'm with what everybody else said. I hate to be the, you know, just the echo chamber here, but you know what, Paul, like, Let's dial it up here. Throw the ball. Like, that's the big question with Boris is uh, people want to see him throw the ball. Everybody knows he can run. Everybody knows he's electric, and everybody knows he's a great team leader. Let us see him throw it. And you know what? Maybe he's not the best thrower out of those two. But, like, let's find out what his ceiling throwing the ball is. And that that's what I want to see. We know he can run. Um, I would like us to lean more on a pass-heavy kind of situation with him just to really see what his boundaries, limitations, ceiling, floor are – as a passing quarterback, because we already know he'll, he'll succeed if he has to tuck it and run. Marceau, what's your tap?
2: Well, we we've touched the offense a decent amount. Um, I I think the, you know, the big question Idaho has is we know the secondary is a question uh, overall for the season, but um, what, Kind of effort defensively, Alex, do you think it's important for us to see? Because, you know, these D2 games, look, dom- dominating doesn't necessarily tell us anything because we should dominate. But if we look underwhelming against a D2 team, that probably does tell us something. So I guess, Alex, what are you hoping to see defensively when uh, Idaho lines up opposite the Klan?
0: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be something that maybe not the, the casual fan normally would see. Um, no mas, no missed assignments, right? Um, your goals of defense every time is to know your job and do your job. Um, so we come out with this game with pretty clean grades for all of our starters. That's what you can hope for, right? We're, I guess we're we're calling this a, a tune-up game, but um, if we come out of this uh, with no missed assignments or very few missed assignments, that's a win for the defense. Um, it shows they're understanding of the scheme well and they know their job. So um, hopefully, that can get them ready for for. Uh, you know, the bigger games coming up, there are two FBS games and then uh, conference play. Um, and then, you know, I, I want to see Charles Acano be Charles Acano in the spring. I don't think we really saw him be Chuck. Um, and so it just didn't look right. And so I really want to see Chuck make some really explosive plays off the edge. Right. Also, how do we finally replace um, an Ellis at linebacker? Let's, let's see how that rolls because this is our first time not having an Ellis at linebacker since 2015. So let's, uh, let's see how that goes as well. And to kind of finish it off, you know, uh, Trent, Trent last played for Idaho in 2016. There's only two guys still left on this team that Trent played with, in, uh, and Rasan uh, and Chuck. So let's see how our leadership takes over on that side. Those are the old guys in the room now. They were the young guys when Trent was last there. Uh, so let's see how those old guys uh, handle the young
1: guys and keep everyone in line and uh, get them ready to play some ball. Trent, what do you think?
0: Trent with the rookie mistake on mute.
4: I'm <laughs> looking we go. for the front seven to be dominant. Uh- <laughs> um, you know, I I'm looking for that front seven, you know, people talk about that being one of the top front sevens in the big sky. I want them to be dominant. Simon Frazier gave up 47 sacks and that the last time they played the 2019 season, they only played a 10 game schedule. They're giving up about 4.7 sacks a game, almost five sacks. You know, you look for that, the pressure, you know, we really shouldn't have to blitz too much to get to that quarterback. Um, so like you mentioned, Alex, Chuck being Chuck um, and really that front seven being dominant. And then on the, the secondary side, um, Simon Fraser, they were able to pass the ball a little bit. That's how they, they kind of got up and down the field. They only rushed for about 55 yards a game in 2019. They could not rush the ball, but they were able to chuck it a little bit. So I think from a secondary standpoint, you're looking to keep everything in front of you, right? No MAs no miss assignments, you know, balls over um, the secondary's head, um, you know, none of that against an opponent like Simon Frazier. Look for Simon Frazier to um, try to exploit the the Vandal defense via the quick game. Um, Like I said, they've struggled running the ball, um, and they're not going to be able, you know, on paper, they shouldn't be able to getting their five-step, seven-step protection um, and, you know, be able to chuck the ball around. So look for them to kind of dink and dunk um, and really for the Vandals to rally to the ball and uh, game tackle.
0: Nice, Chris. Chris is also on mute. We're doing this. We're starting off hot.
1: Uh, It's still week one. It's still week one. Uh, For me, It's kind of simple. Um, I'm looking for the secondary. You know, we brought in a lot of pieces. We brought in one of our highest recruits of all time, Zama J. Duncan. Uh, And and you kind of look at the secondary, it's a lot of familiar faces. You got both at free safety on the two deep, Tommy McCormick and Jackson Woodward. Two of the guys I thought played relatively, you know, one of Surprisingly well in the spring, not surprising in terms of like we didn't expect them to do well, but like actually kind of went out of their way to both stand out a little bit more than I think people were expecting heading in the spring. Uh strong safety. You got Tyrese Dedman a little bit less of a you know surprise speaking if he's a team. I think he's gonna be a team captain again. I know he was in the spring. Um, but then you know, you we bring in Arnell Walker, he's listed behind Sean McCormick. Uh, then you bring in, you still have Jalen Hoover, who's ahead of Awan Parker, who we heard was supposed to be like the guy and probably get a starting job. Um, and then kind of the one surprise is you get Marcus Harris uh, over Josh Jones, who is the guy we brought in from like UTSA or UTEP uh, last year or something down in Texas. And then you have Marcus Harris, who's, I believe, a true freshman, a redshirt freshman. Um, so you kind of have a two to three new guys that will probably be contributing, but we kind of brought in a lot of DB help. And to see kind of that same crew out there that has had a fair share of struggles, I think it's fair to say the past couple seasons, I guess we're hoping on maybe a little bit of maturity, a little bit more experience the spring, getting more reps under these guys' belts Uh, guys, especially like McCormick and Woodward who kind of looked pretty good in the spring. Um, But I, I would say I'm a little bit shocked by that. And then otherwise you nailed it. Like, do we think Trey is, is the best linebacker in the league? Yes. Uh, but he's gonna be a little bit on an island this year. He's around, I mean, he's still got Fave Fave, he still got Chuck, but like not having that, you know, that battering ram mate there of Christian Ellis, he's gonna have to a, a little bit more weight on his shoulders. Not to say that Hatton uh, isn't capable, but it, it's just gonna be a little, a little bit more, you know. And then kind of the shock, too, you look at this too deep, you got Dalton Cash, who was, I believe, a tight end, uh, listed as our two at Jack. So, um, Kind of cool to see Petrino doing that. I know we saw a little bit of uh, Logan Kendall taking some snaps on defense too. So, uh, I mean, he's got a guy in the NFL for switching positions. So, uh, it kind of works for him. He kind of gets – he's able to tell it. I mean, we saw Caden Ellis play a little bit uh, of of linebacker – or, sorry, tight end back in the day. So, like, Paul likes to play around with lineups and guys playing both ways. So, that will be kind of interesting to see on the defense. We got what looks like two offensive guys that might get a little bit of a run on the defensive side of the ball. Brian?
2: Yeah, my my focus is I, I agree with what Trent said. Uh, <clears throat> front seven should look dominant. I mean, against the big sky in the spring, we had the best rush defense. Um, I just don't think Simon Fraser should be able to compete with what we have <clears> on <throat> line our linebackers. I am I really just have my focus defensively on how our secondary looks because our secondary was atrocious uh, last in the spring. Um, minus Cal Poly, worst secondary in the entire league easily. Yeah gave up nine yards per pass. Now, Simon Frazier isn't going to be – should be close to as good as other Big Sky teams in terms of passing the ball. But if we're going to have a prayer of our secondary being, you know, better or making a developmental leap, they've got to be able to look at least solid against a team like Simon Frazier. So for me, I I am curious about how – you know, Chris, you went through a good amount of the two – a good amount of the two deep. Uh, where, you know, we, we have Jalen Hoover coming back. We have Marcus Harris, other cornerback, uh, Tyrese, De- Tyrese Dedman's back, and like I said, Tommy McCormick, uh, all those guys in secondary. I want to, I'm want really hoping we have the, some of those guys show us something that can let us feel like, all right, well, once we get to UC Davis, this is where the defensive turnaround is going to start.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I think the next tap that I'm going to pull – is you know what do you guys, what do you think this game means for Idaho? I don't want to get into my take too much before I pass off to Trent, but you know uh, we only played four months ago. Um, we kind of have an interesting schedule, you know, Trent, what do you think this game uh, means for the Vandals to start off the season
4: Yeah, I think it's a game to to build confidence, right? You're playing um, at home, you got the fans? are back right um you know more fans I think it was limited capacity for the spring so you're playing in front of more eyeballs it's you know we're playing in the fall right you know it's a about as close to normal as as a season can be uh given the circumstances so you know you want the guys to come out on fire you know if we're starting out on defense let's go get a three and out if we're starting on offense let's go down the field and score right away um you want to um, show that dominance that 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 we're going to be a force in the big sky this year. And I know that we're playing a, a division two opponent, but you got to play who's on your schedule. So um, you got to come out and prepare like it's any other week, um, just like you and I, you know, did Alex um, when we played together. Um, so I'm excited to watch the guys play. I'm excited to see the new faces on the team. You know, we got some new guys, and seeing them against another opponent for the first time. So seeing how they play and, and execute and, um, you know, look for that performance that, that we're all hoping for.
1: For me, it's kind of a uh, a look into the future, right? We, I know we've kind of struggled here since rejoining the SCS of like putting teams away early that we should be looking at Western New Mexico state, central Washington, but we do. Uh, And I don't think this one will be any different. Yeah, maybe Simon Fraser hangs in around for a little bit, but um, probably a little bit less so this year because we're just not going to have the same amount of rust. Um, In fact, I believe everybody but Jackson's supposed to be back that maybe got dinged up in the spring. So we, we just got so many young pieces. Like this is a game where like I expect us to see a little bit of the future, more so than Indiana and Oregon State. I think you're going to get to see a lot of running from Elijah Cummings. I think you're going to get to see a lot of play from CJ Jordan. I think you're going to get to see a lot of these younger wide receivers, maybe some of these younger DBs, Um, even some of these younger linebackers. We've talked about like, yeah, we've had a really good front seven. We're officially at that point where this is the last season for a couple of those guys. Like we kind of have Noah Ellis coming back uh, and I believe Nate DeGraw, but like for the most part, like, Coyote's going to be gone. Uh, Jonah Kim's going to be gone. So you're you're kind of Rashawn's going to be gone. So you're going to have this turnover. So like, it's now or never to get some of those next guys, those reps, uh, because in 2022, I think our schedule's set up a little bit better for us to maybe make a push. We'll probably have CJ Jordan, regardless, under home at that point. Um, so 2022 is is going to be a lot of these guys that we might see today, and then you won't see a, as much throughout the season because, you know, we got to win now. It's no no surprise there. So we're going to use a lot of these veterans and a lot of these seniors and juniors that we have on the team. But uh, we have a lot of position turnover coming via, you know, here real soon. Um, and I think you'll be curious, Paul being the cagey guy he is, we've heard a lot about like Trainer, um, and Stevenson, these new wide receivers we brought in. I wouldn't expect, you know, them to be out early, maybe get a little bit of those reps in, but Paul's going to save them for big sky play and he's going to throw out like Hogan Hatton and Critchell Haywood that people have seen and then kind of switch to those younger guys again. So I expect you to see a lot of angles you might not see the rest of the year. Um, but that being said, we have to pull away for that to happen. So it's just going to be at what point we kind of put the, the foot to the throat as it were to the football team of Simon Fraser and uh, get that opportunity to showcase some of our youth.
2: This game to me is based off our schedule, based off where we have two body band games following this. We then have our bye week first week of Big Sky season, then a road game against a pretty solid Big Sky team. This game, I think not only it, it's duh, we have to win this, but I think Idaho needs to generate some enthusiasm with a big win because if we, our opening schedule is pretty dang rough, until October right now. So I think it's really important for Idaho to give the fan base and the the people actually inside the dome reason to be excited that might carry us through a few of these rough weeks so that the story of fans isn't, yeah, like, sure, we beat a D2 team, but we didn't look that great. Then we, you know, looked awful against Power 5 teams. Then, you know, real season opens for us week two on the road against UC Davis. I think it's pretty important for Idaho to give the type of showing that people like us and just the, the fans who are still tuning in reason to believe okay, this Idaho team has something. The the maybe fringe playoffs is still on the table. That discussion is feasible after a game like a team like Simon Frazier, if we just curb stomp them to get to give, you know, Vandals something to talk about on the way to the club for the rest of the night.
0: Hey, that's the best place to be post-game, you know. Um, so you know, what I'm looking for out of this game is consistency. Uh I I, I think, you know, we wanna like we want to see some things. We only played a game four months ago. It's really crazy, right? Like we saw this team four months ago. Well, three five months ago, last time in the dome, um, against southern Utah. Um, we saw some ups and downs, you know. Football is a game of ups and downs, but let's I'd like to see us just put the throttle down early and keep it there. And then, you know, just kind of coast to the (laughs) win. That's pretty optimistic, I guess. Uh, But Chris, you kind of talked about it, about these young guys. And I was thinking about it, you know, um, last year was a throwaway year for everyone regards of eligibility. We're back to normal eligibility rules. So for those of you who haven't remembered uh, guys can play four games now and still keep a red shirt. So let's, let's see if we see some guys, uh, this is gonna be a perfect type of game for those guys to play uh, and keep a red shirt. So, you know, theoretically, like CJ Jordan, something weird happens. This is one of the games he plays. He might, let's say he only plays four games. He can still be a freshman again in 2022, okay? So keep that in your mind um, for this game. So love to see the young guys get out there, but uh, I like to see us take care of business because, yeah, our schedule is kind of weirdly predetermined. We have this D2 game. They're, we're, they are we're they their body bag game, like coming to Moscow, and we have to go to – Indiana, who's a top 20 team. We have to go to resurgence Oregon State, um, you know, who's projected about five wins uh, this year, the week after that. Then we have a bye week, and then we don't get to play, uh, we don't get to play probably like an actual meaningful game until October. Um, and they're not back on the Palouse guys until mid-October, the second week of October, homecoming. So think about this. We have this game this week. Our next home game isn't until homecoming, October 9th. So, Vandal fans, Get to the Dome and enjoy this one. I don't want to hear you complain about how nice the weather is outside because come ho- October and come homecoming, you're going to be happy to be in the Dome and not and happy you're not across the border in Pullman freezing your ass off. Okay, It's always 72 and sunny in the Dome, and I don't care what time of year it is. Get out to the Dome, support the Vandals. They need it, guys. They need the support. I know everyone listening here will probably try to make the game because you care enough to listen to us. Bring a friend. Tell a friend. Bring a kid, bring a cousin, bring someone, fill the dome up, show the team they need the support because, yeah, they've been dealing with a lot, having to play only five months before this. Trent, what do you think a next tap is you might want to pull and, uh, and and keep us moving on here?
4: What was that, Alex? You cut off real quick, sorry.
0: Yeah, so, you know, finish talking about that. You know, what do you think a next tap might be you want to talk about here? We got we to list it out here.
4: Yeah, I mean, kind of previewing uh, Simon Frazier a little bit. Um, I did uh, a little background digging on those, watched a couple of games from, you know, they didn't play in 2020. Uh, they played in their, their last season is 2019. They did play a big sky opponent um, in Portland State. They lost 70 to 7 um so again you know the the current coach is actually an interim coach head coach he was on the staff there at Simon Fraser um he was their recruiting coordinator special teams coach wide receiver coach um and he got the interim tag uh in March of 2020 right when the coronavirus pandemic started um so was looking at kind of their team in 2019 watching film obviously um take it with a grain of salt a lot of things can change from then to now um but offensively they're going to be spread um they're going to be a four wide receiver set um they're going to have a tight end so either four receivers or three wide receivers and a tight end they're going to be in shot. I've only seen them in shotgun so unless something changes um expect for them to come out of shotgun um pistol um also with the uh, running back to the side of the quarterback um, if I'm Simon Frazier, if I'm their OC, the, their head coach also calls the plays, I'm going to look to go quick game against us because um, I don't think they're going to have enough time to sit back there and drop back and pass. And, and they really struggled running the ball and their leading rusher from 2019 actually transferred to Whitworth. Um, so look for them to, to try to, um, do something there. And then, uh, defensively, uh, for, um, Simon Frazier, they're going to be in a four, uh, two, most, most of the game. Um, if we go, you know, four wide receivers are empty. They may go to a four, one box. Um, they play cover three, cover one, you know, man with a deep high safety. Um, they do have a first team G a uh, linebacker. In, um, I believe his name was uh, Griffin Barrett. Um, so he was first team. He comes back. He's number 33. And then they do have a really impressive corner. Um, this is, he was the GNAC freshman of the year, Jarrell Cummings. Uh, he's number eight, uh, 5'10, 185. He was second team all league. The biggest thing that stood out to me was 17 pass breakups in a 10 game season um very impressive so look for look for us to to challenge him but uh he'll he'll be somebody that if you know we can get past we should feel good about so um I'm I'm excited to see the guys play but that's a, a little background about Simon Fraser and their team this year
1: yeah I was gonna say as far as Simon Fraser goes for me um I guess I'm just going to be looking to see really how their offense goes. You mentioned it out of shotgun. You're going to see a little bit more of those quick sets, probably a little bit more of a pass heavy offense, but uh, you know, we've seen that that could be different, especially when they're trying to break in new running backs. It's going to be a really good test of RDBs. Uh, their quarterback, I believe the one I was just looking at Brandon Nixish. If like he's played in nine games Ooh. threw the ball. 281 times has a one-to-one touchdown to interception ratio. Um, Averages 214 yards a game. So a uh, quarterback like that tradition, at least the last two years against Idaho uh, traditionally could put up, you know, a scary amount of a stat line against us. Um, so how well can this secondary do? Are we going to see a little, you should be able to take maybe a little bit more away from this game than you would a normal D2 game just by the, probably the pass heaviness that this team's going to use compared to our, you know, typical lackluster pass defense so it's kind of a good test of where the secondary which is what I was looking for defensively uh is going to be Brian
2: yeah Trent I have a a, two rapid kind of questions for you Mm -hmm. uh the first is when people see you at the club you just told us you watched like how many Simon Fraser games did you watch as prep can you say that number again
4: I watched a, a couple. I watched their game against Dixie State. I watched their game against Azusa Pacific. There's not a lot out there. How <laughs> um, many drinks so do I, people owe things. you
2: for going for digging through those Simon Fraser games?
4: No, yeah, that's my that's my that's my job. That's what I got to do. I'm I'm exci- I'm a football guy. I, I I love watching football. Um, so I mean, this is perfect for me. I'll watch any game, uh, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA. Um, so I, I I I get pleasure out of it. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was fun to to, to find a few games and kind of see what they're about, right? You got to learn about the opponent.
2: Okay, I accept that diplomatic answer, and I'm going to answer for you. There's four quarters in the game. You said you watched two full games. Listeners, we owe Trent eight drinks, so at some point, we need to pay up if he's going to work through Simon <laughs> but, but the But <laughs> now the actual question I got for you, uh, actually, that, that last one wasn't that question, but the yeah. the other question I got for you is, I'm sure you're like us in that y- you expect Idaho should look comfortable in this game, especially the reference point of seventy to seven against Portland State. If Simon Fraser looks good against Idaho, whether that's a win or whether that's lost for Idaho or just a competitive football game for one quarter or four quarters, what is going to go right for Simon Fraser and what would have to go wrong for Idaho? For the clan to look tough against Idaho, I think um, I think the
4: the biggest thing that stands out for for you know the Simon Fraser to have success to, for them to to win to for it to be a close game. I think the first thing you got to look at is turnover margin. Um, you know, I think realistically the the only way that happens is Simon Fraser's you know plus two plus three. Um, you know, we're not taking care of the football. We're turning it over. We're not um you know we're turning over in the red zone um I think that that kind of stands out first and foremost um you know not taking care of the football um second you know penalties you know staying in front of the chains um you know because I I I hope that we're able you know if we need five yards run the football get five yards we should be able to do that um, it can get a little bit sticky, even against a, a, a Division two, whatever you want to uh, call you know, Simon Fraser. It, in any football game, it can get sticky when you're third and long. Um, so, so don't have the negative plays, so to speak. Don't turn the ball over. And play a clean game in special teams um they've struggled in in the special teams category um obviously Cade isn't isn't uh you know with the Vandals anymore so you want to see that's one thing that I'm excited to see is the special teams play we got some new guys out there Prescott has been with the program so it'll be fun to see him kick some uh extra points maybe some field goals kickoffs we see what he can do in kickoffs but play clean games special teams wise um you know stay ahead of the sticks um, limit penalties and really Um, you know, don't, don't be sloppy with the football.
0: Yeah. You know, I think turnover margin anytime you have a, not necessarily a David versus Goliath situation, but, uh, you know, it's kind of what it is. Right. In this sense, um, you, you got to take care of the football. Um, and then I love how you brought special teams, Trent, because I think, uh, you know, big plays in special teams, um, especially first game of the year, things can get sloppy. Right. And I I know you remember when we went down to Auburn in twenty fifteen. We were down fourteen to ten and Auburn ran a fake punt, right? Big play and special teams completely changed the course of the game, right? Right. We were we were only down fourteen to ten. They're punting the ball back to us. They run a fake punt, yeah. go 21 to 10, and it changes the game. So big plays and special teams. Don't be surprised if you see Simon Frazier try to fake a punt this game, guys. Like this is their big game of the year in terms of they haven't played since 2019. It's their it's a D1 opponent. Look for them to try to fake a punt. And I guess kind of a question to you, Trent, how tough is it for this coaching staff and these players to go find film on these guys, right? I mean, their best reference point is from 2019, you know, these meanwhile, Simon Fraser can go watch film on us from five months ago. They have a better idea of what we're going to do than maybe, maybe than what they they are going to do. So how tough is that for a the coaching staff? I know Coach Petrino doesn't leave any stone unturned in film, but how tough is that? You know, maybe for some changes and turnover in coaching staff, and then younger guys who haven't played that much to go find film and and prep for this game.
4: Yeah, a, a lot of the what they'll do the coaches is. When you have like looking at the defensive coordinator, the, the head coach is the offensive coordinator. So, a lot of times, if they have, you know, new coaches to the staff, they'll look up film from what they did from their previous stops. So, they'll dig up old film from, you know, coaching staffs that they're at previously. They'll find film from obviously the 2019 season, uh, Simon Fraser. So, they'll, they'll, they'll find a way. Um, you know, obviously things can change, a lot can change. They can come out in um, a completely different offense, completely de- different defensive scheme. Uh, but at the end of the day, you, you do hope that our athletes are bigger, faster, stronger, um, and we'll play like it. Um, so to, to answer your question, they'll, they'll they'll find some film out there, but you just never know. It's with a grain of salt, because they've had turnover. They haven't played since 2019. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see when when it comes Saturday. <laughs>
1: All right, and then I've kind of got another tap I'd like to pull here. Um, Who is a player that – one player, I'm going to try to limit us to one, a player maybe slightly under the radar that you guys think people should keep an eye on in this game? Brian?
2: Other than – so I'm going to choose not quarterback because we've exhausted quarterback a bit. I want to see how the new receivers look. Uh, Therese trainer, Makai Stevenson. I mean, we already know about, we already know about Hayden Hatton who was one of the top receivers in the big sky last season. Control Haywood has been solid for, is this, is this his, is this is his fifth season playing that we'll have seen him or is this fourth season. Uh, anyway, whatever. Haywood's been solid since day one. Um, we know, we know we have, so yeah, fifth season guys. We know we have a pretty good idea where we're, we're going to get out of Haywood, but we've, Paul Petrino told us at Media Days he was pretty excited about new receivers. And I know people who saw the spring game, uh, guys like Martin from our show, said, Yeah, uh, Trainer and Stevenson look different than what we've had for last season. So, wide receiver specifically is a position group. And it's um, of the two big names we've heard that I've referenced now like four times, uh, Trust Trainer, Mikai Stevenson. Which of those two looks like uh, they might be a difference maker or? you know, fingers crossed for sunshines and rainbows like our man, Martin again, maybe both.
0: Yeah. Someone I'm, I'm going to keep on the offense side of the ball, which I know is not uh changing up too much, but Elijah Cummings running back. Okay. If you go look at the death chart, he's listed as two ahead of Nick Romano. It says Elijah Cummings or Nick Romano, but I think that speaks volumes to the fact that this young guy came in, in, in June, right? Old guys, came, old guys didn't come back until after the fourth. Young guys came in middle of June, had their three four weeks prior to the fourth that normally the te- everyone on the team experiences, but changed it up this year due to playing in the spring. This guy came in in June and is already ahead of Nick Romano, who we all know is one of our more explosive players on offense and has been for the last few years. So I think that speaks volumes. Not not bad on Nick. I think it speaks more volumes to how the coaching staff views this guy. I think he's one to watch for sure, especially in a game like this where redshirt does not matter um, and we're going to see guys who could get redshirted. So keep an eye on him. Uh, let's see how much uh, he adds to the offense. Trent.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm like you guys say I want to see the wide receivers. I I'm really excited to see Therese trainer. Um, I mean, I've heard a lot of good things um, about him. Uh, he looks good. I mean, I think six, three, six, four, a little over 210 pounds transfer from western kentucky um you know he passes the eyeball test for sure i also am very interested that kind of the tackle position i know they're really high on on seth carnahan um you know that's somebody that they're going to really bank on to help lead along with logan floyd you know lead that offensive line unit and then somebody that i kind of just recently heard about abe christensen um a transfer from nc state um, I know I, I read it was out on the media that he may have gotten dinged up. I hope hopefully he's OK and and can play, um, but really excited to see what he can do on the offensive line, because, you know, we can have the best running backs, best quarterback, best wide receiver. We can have all the best skill players, but if we can't protect. We're not going to move the ball. So really excited to see the tackle positions, um, you know, this Saturday.
1: And For me, this this is a slam dunk, and I'm I'm surprised surprised it got to me. Uh, you know, I feel like when this team is at its best, we have uh, a, a stable of tight ends at, at our disposal. You go back to the Eddie Williams years, Daniel Hardy years. Obviously, we have one on the show with us today, and Buck Cowan. Uh, you also had Dion Watson, and Connor Whitney is doing that job. Can Jake Cox be the next guy? He's a true freshman thanks to last season, 6'3", 230 pounds. You know, is this, you know, Connor Whitney? Yeah, we still get another year out of him. But, like, is this the next stable guy? Or are we going to have to bring in another tight end this, this year in the recruiting class or a JUCO guy? Um, because this team does well when we have a good tight end. And I want to see if Jake Cox is the next one in a solid stable of uh, tight ends really for the past decade or so for the Vandals.
0: You should just rope in Logan Kendall and, and uh, Trace Latrixia into that group too because those two are mountains of men True. that are going to be terrorizing Big Sky opponents. Yeah, it's funny they're listed as
1: fullbacks, <laughs> but they definitely have some pass pitching ability out of the, uh, out of the yeah. line of scrimmage. But, yeah, so for me, I want to see Jake Cox. I believe his dad's a coach. Uh, so, you know, he's kind of got that pedigree Petrino likes. I just want to see. I mean, I love Connor Whitney. So this is not like I'm looking for the guy to replace Connor Whitney. Uh, it's more like when Connor Whitney moves away, uh, is he going to be the guy? Because my my next uh, up, if it wasn't going to be him, was obviously Derek Tomasini. He's listed behind Trey Walker on the depth chart. Somebody that Paul seems to rave about. But I went with, you know, Jake Cox because I feel like we've got uh, Trey. Is It's not worth repla- even talking about replacing Trey yet. He's only a junior. It's probably going to leave because the free year, but uh, you know, Jake Cox, I I just want to see it. Brian, you you have another tap?
2: Well, we're time for score predictions.
1: Is that what we want to roll into? I'm in, I'm in, let's do it. Uh, I'm going to go last though. How about that? I like to be I like to be sneaky. So
2: uh <laughs> okay score prediction, I'm basing this off of the seventy to seven reference point that uh Trent was kind enough to remind us about. Um Idaho
0: 45-14. Brian, like you just I he just read my mind. I don't know. That's literally what I was thinking about. I was like, I was gonna go forty two, fourteen was like, I'll give us a field goal. So now I'll give us forty-eight to because he just
2: he just took that for me two field goals or are we gonna miss a two-point conversion we're not missing extra point
0: uh obviously not missing an extra point unless it's that weird that weird end of the kibby Dome that eastern fans still hate uh no but two field goals two field goals Trent
4: right, am I allowed to give a score prediction how, I mean how does that work uh um, I mean I mean, I, mean, Idaho, I guess good point we, I mean I don't you, you
0: I guess Idaho's your employer <laughs> you're you're not you're not like a, a I, neutral I, third party I, here I, I,
4: I, <laughs> i'm rooting for the vandals a lot uh simon fraser a little that's that's my, that's
2: my, my fair thing. what if you were to grade mine and alex's score predictions you're not giving one you're, you're more you're grading like yeah was this feasible
4: i would i would give it a uh b plus
1: all right well then i uh see for a second brian you scared me um Look, I think going into halftime, this game is like 21-10. Uh, I think this game ends closer to 80-10. to I'm going to be honest. 2019, dude, dude, we're talking about 2019 Portland State. That was a bad football team. Yes, I know they skunked us 24-0. In probably the most boring game I can ever recall watching as a Vandal. But like that 2019 team was not good. Uh, I have a hunch Beaudry's probably going to come out first one and i think we all most of us on the spot are leaning towards cj jordan as being the most more electric guy i mean i could see jordan easily putting up 60 points in the second half i I don't know i i've we've beaten what western new mexico by like 50 to something and i don't remember what the central game was but like i don't know we've put up high scores before when we were in the fps we beat north dakota like 50 to 0 zero one year like yeah it's been a while since vandals have seen us on that, But, I mean, we've had Penn State skunk us, and we've had Fresno State do it to us. It's time for us to do it to somebody else and really build a little bit of momentum uh, going into the big sky season, even though most of it's going to get ruined because we have Indiana and Oregon State next. But I'm expecting this at least 70. I I would take some beer bets for the corner club that we that we hit a 7-0 on the scoreboard. And I'd call it a homer pick. I don't think I've ever picked us to score over, like, 45 points ever on the show so it's not you know i'm not drinking the kool-aid but i'm i see high 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 scores for idaho uh, especially with these wide receivers we have coming in so it's just really gonna come down to the defense i think which i have the utmost faith in um brian just the whole time was like staring me like are you okay (laughs) we Um, did score
2: 41 against central in 2019 we also gave up 31 that was but central I, I just, is a really, way better team. Oh, of course, central is way better. I'm just saying, I don't. We need to not have a game that's in question against D2, especially Simon Fraser.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right. Well. Uh, so that that's closing up the bar. Um, so next up, we're gonna roll into getting iced. So Trent, I don't think we did this with you last time you're we on the show because it's part of like a weird special we were doing. Uh, but we're gonna go to we're gonna do our quick ad read. So we're gonna give you time to think about it. I know this wasn't so much an interview, but you did get some questions directed your way. So this is your chance to get it back. You get to ice us. Any question you want can be sports related or not. Uh, we have to answer it. So we'll give you some time to think about it. But uh, we want to thank Hughes River Expeditions. If you're looking for a great, all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the salmon the main salmon river of no return salmon river canyons or the selway you can even check out special trips like ones to see the perseid meteor shower camp on pristine beaches check out uh, our camp on pristine beaches run amazing whitewater hike scenic trails spot wildlife and soak in beautiful natural hot springs and take in river all al- our history all along the river's edge and you also get to fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country you just bring your clothes and let Hughes river handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been banned alone and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bowl all throughout the Gem State. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. All right, Trent, Buck, Cowman, what do you got for us?
4: I am, as as a former teammate of mine, I am interested about Alex Boatman and his new role at West Virginia. So I'm I'm interested. I want to learn more about what you are doing over there and, uh, you know, if it's everything you thought it would be.
0: Yeah, so uh, I started a new role as a development specialist at West Virginia and for all of you, all of you who follow college athletics development is a fancy word for fundraising. Um, so Idaho's version of that is the Vandal scholarship fund. Please go donate today, uh, to VSF. If you're also looking for throw a few tax deductible dollars my way, give me a call. Uh, I can uh, help you out that way. If you want to support the Mountaineers and our quest to conquer the big 12. Um, but I started out here in August, uh, you know, I, I solicit gifts um, from people all, all in the philanthropic area, not seat related. Um, so I spend my day calling Mountaineer fans and alum throughout the country who have uh, supported so far and uh, solicit some gifts. Um, got a few thousand dollars in so far and, you know, hoping to get a few more. So, you know, I spend my days on the phones, but I enjoy it. Um, good people out here. Uh, It reminds me of a bigger version of Pullman. If that kind of gives you guys some uh, reference in your head, just a big college town, a lot of Hills. We are the Mountaineers, obviously. Um, But I do work for Learfield IMG technically in the third party. So Learfield handles Idaho, Idaho uh, sports properties and corporate sponsorships, but they also do ticket solutions at a lot of schools. That's who I technically work for. So I work, I spend my day with a bunch of ticket account executives, uh, but good people good company um i'm enjoying it out here you know we got maryland this weekend big game really big game fans are going crazy for it and then we play the long island sharks next weekend so that is going to be a massive blowout because they think i have not won a game in the fcs or won one or two since they came in 2019 so i i enjoy it but uh i do miss the northwest i do miss idaho and I definitely will be there for homecoming, Trent. I've got marked my calendar. We're away that weekend. Uh, I'll be there for sure, buy my plane ticket. Got an Airbnb in Moscow already like three blocks north of the club, prime location. And of course, there are Boatman burgers happening all year, Trent, after the game, go out to the tailgate. You know where my parents are at, go get a burger. You know, my dad's always cooking them up. Same spot, same thing, nothing changes.
1: Are you both employees of Learfield? Did Love we it. just connect that dot? Because Trent, is your technical employer? i Okay. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it, it is the
4: same, but I'm, yeah, I'm 99. Yeah, okay. But Bowman's a, a W2, I believe.
0: Uh, full-fledged.
1: Full-fledged. Text and yeah. everything. Uh, all right. Uh, so that is it. Um, we're going to go on to watching the TV, which is basically just picking the big sky. Right now we're at nice, cool zero and zero record, um, and uh, we're we're gonna roll through these and make picks, Trent. If you can make picks on other teams, you are welcome to. Otherwise, we'll we'll skip you. Um,
2: well, we're gonna round us all up to one and zero because we all pick Southern Utah to lose against San, San Jose State, right?
1: Do we actually even include? Yeah, well, I feel like most motion, yes, I... motion here on the show. F southern Utah. I don't think we pick any of their games except the one they play against us. They're leaving. Screw up. I mean
0: I mean, they're still with us for now. It's like like I, I mean, just said this
1: on Big Sky Big Takes. I'll take Lock Eye, Kaho Ohano, Ohano Davis. The rest of their team can go just go to the whack now. I'm see ya. toodaloo. <laughs> I
0: guess one less team to pick every week, but we still have to we still are gonna pick when Big Sky plays. We have other games. They yeah. playing Big Sky oh, teams. Yeah so we're gonna run to that problem. So I mean
2: we have to pad our scores when southern Utah loses it's to Montana State's and the Weaver States.
0: True. One and O, one and zero to all of us. Great.
1: Hey. Right. for one minute and fourteen seconds for being undefeated. Uh, anyways, moving on to the actual Pick'ems. Weaver State at the UUU, University of Utah Utes. Uh, whew, this one's real tough for me. Battle in the beehive state. But like, let's be honest, Weaver State's good. University of Utah's a shit ton better. Uh Utes big. Oh yeah,
2: U- University of Utah should win this uh, going home. I will say the storyline to may- maybe maybe uh, catch your eye for a few seconds is everyone thinks that Jay Hill is holding out for the University of Utah job at some point. Um,
0: I'll follow up with that. Utah is never firing Kyle Whittingham because he is that program and he is the reason that they are probably going to Pac-12 South this year. So Utes big.
1: Trent, are you able to pick? Are you gonna? Are you staying out of these? I'll just. I'll just. This- I'll just I'll just
4: say my I think what I think of each team uh, Utah I think is going to be strong in the in the Pac-12 but uh, Weaver, I could I could definitely see Weaver, you know keeping it close for a test see what happens um, strong defense so um, I don't we'll we'll see that one's nothing you can just cross off the list I don't think
1: perfect and then. Mr. Dammer, are we saving your picks for the big damn preview, or are you giving them live on shows this year?
3: I mean, I guess I could go now. I wasn't prepared for it, it, but hey. It's your pick from the hip.
2: You need to prep for this this one, Dallas? You sure?
3: Yeah, I mean, this is a a battle of titans here. I mean, (laughs) no, I mean, come on, it's Utah. I... I'm probably going to piss off maybe one person that listens to Weber State Weekly, but there's, come on. There's a chance for some FCS teams to beat an FBS team, but it's not going to happen in this game. Uh, okay, moving on to another wonderful FBS, FCS game. Hashtag fear the
1: FCS. Uh, the most ridiculous hashtag ever. Um, Eastern Washington on Thursday. Both of those games are, last game was Thursday. This game's Thursday. Eastern Washington at UNLV. Mr. Boatman, I'm already disappointed in you. You didn't bring up the spread for University of Utah. Can't find it. I've looked. UNLV is nine and a half favorites over the Eastern Washington Eagles. They are. And I'm laying 16 and a half. I, you know, I'll take the field almost every time FBS versus FCS, unless Idaho's playing and i let Emotions get involved. Like, sorry, like four of them happen out of like 118 a year and they're usually wild ones like Portland State over Wazoo. Eastern over UNLV is always frisky. They always think it's going to happen, and it just doesn't. And I get that they hung close with Washington and stuff a couple of years ago, but let's be honest, Eastern doesn't seem to be like they were a couple of years ago. I'll I'll take UNLV in this one by at least 17. I'll
2: take UNLV as well, but I'm, I wouldn't take them by 17. I, I have limited faith in UNLV. Uh, the, the quote unquote legendary Tate Martel is allegedly not playing suiting up this game for for the running rebels. So Eastern Washington, they can put up points you know they looked real good for a half against North Dakota State. Well, I picked North Dakota State over UNLV um, when East we lost saw Eastern in the playoffs. so UNLV wins but Eastern looks respectable.
1: I should have prefaced, unless it's North Dakota State. They beat, like, everybody. They're, like, always <laughs> – so there's, like, three actual upsets, and then North Dakota State just beating the dumb team that scheduled them. <laughs> Boatman?
0: Um, God, I thought you guys were going to just choose Easter. I was prepared to come in here. I don't know, man. Nine and a half is the spread for UNLV favorite. I think that's a lot. You know, Marcus Arroyo, second year there. First year, yeah, he was pretty sought after. You know, their AD just left, which I had sung her praises on this show prior. And look, I was right; she's now at Mizzou. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm just stalling because I like my head says UNLV, but my heart really, weirdly, says Eastern. Um, I'm going to go Eastern. Screw it. Yeah, let's just change it up. He's, he's got this one.
3: south yeah, I mean uh, UNLV I, yeah, was. Oh, I was going to have you grade
1: all of our picks, Buck.
3: (laughs) I'll jump in. Uh, UNLV was asked last year, and I don't think they're going to be a whole lot better. I'm actually going to take Eastern on this. I would take Eastern against the spread, and I'll take them straight out. Yeah. All right, Buck. Opinions on our picks.
4: I think the picks are fair. I mean, I I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty dang close game. Yeah. so, I mean, we're what? You're split two and two. So, I think it's pretty fair. Um I will, We'll see. But I, I fully expect it to be a really competitive, close game.
1: All right. Uh Next up, we have NAU <laughs> hosting the defending national champion, Sam Houston Bearcats. I mean, I'm not going to waste time. Sam Houston.
2: Not going to waste time on, on picket Sam Houston over NAU. But – reading my pick eastern of unlv
0: oh oh okay yeah okay
1: all what right a, chris is gonna get an early lead
0: all right bearcats big
1: big
3: very 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 big bearcats
4: all right opinions say <laughs> so those are good, <laughs> good good picks good picks i would say you know weaver state we was- uh last year I think NAU what didn't NAU lose to Weaver on a Hail Mary yes at Weaver. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah Weaver had to throw a Hail Mary so, to win that game. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, I would I would I would say you guys are solid in your opinion. Yeah. Uh,
1: another one on Thursday. Playing an
4: elevation we'll see.
1: Yeah oh, in a yeah, dome. True. Uh UC Davis at Tulsa in lovely Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, once again, UC Davis I, I actually have as like a dark horse team this year. Tulsa I'm very yeah, I'm- boring as you can tell I'm FBS.
0: chalk He's- you're all chalk
1: yeah. I'm yeah. sorry air D1 we're D2 damn it don't you know anything no, I'm, God. I'm not
2: yeah I'm Davis is solid but they didn't pass well enough in my mind to be a threat against an FBS team and I just don't think that FCS teams can, other than North Dakota State can you know out physical an FBS team so Tulsa
0: Tulsa was a really sneaky team in the American Conference in 2020. Watched a lot of the American Conference in 2020. Tulsa's actually probably better than people realize they are. Um
3: Tulsa will win big. Dallas? Yeah, Tulsa won two top 25 games last year. They're going to yeah. they're going to win huge.
1: They say those who live in glass houses shall not cast stones. If anyone got that they play in the glass house. <laughs> Trat? <it. laughs> but your opinion. I, I, yeah. yeah.
4: I would say your picks are fair. So, somebody tell me the connection. Okay, why is UC Davis going to Tulsa? You know, there has to be, like, an administration connection, like an AD, like, knows why, the AD.
0: Why is when Idaho there to
1: got
0: Yeah, like, when was the schedule? <laughs> well, that's well, the like
1: real... True, true, okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like, what's Tulsa paying here? You know, like, like I get what you're saying, Trent. Like, Tulsa's not paying like $800,000 for Davis to fly out to Oklahoma. You know, what's the – what I get what you're saying. When was it scheduled? Who did it? And what are they actually paying him? So, fair fair point.
4: Yep. Uh, yeah. Next, because when, oh, yeah. when we play group five, about
0: Yeah, right. Like so we're playing Wyoming, around. Wyoming, we're Nevada. Group five.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Uh, moving on to uh, sorry on friday night we have the colorado showdown this time northern colorado and the fight mccaffrey's take on the university of colorado at boulder the buffs um i mean i fbs i'll take a power 5 team against a bottom dwelling pack to- or a big sky team like every day of the week
2: Probably yeah
1: yeah, in Colorado, uh,
2: slightly intrigued to see how some of the transfers look, but uh, really not worried about Northern Colorado blowing upset. So, yeah, buffs.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with Brian on this. I'm. It's more of like I'm going to choose the buffs here, but I'm kind of intrigued, right? So this game could get a little weird. Um, Northern Colorado, wanted of the teams to opt out in the spring, so we did not see them. Um, how's Ed McCaffrey got them going? Do their transfers looking good? And Colorado is playing a true freshman quarterback, if I remember right, because their other guy like blew his knee out in fall camp um so like don't be surprised if this game could get weirdly weird no it's kind of a double pot negative there or whatever but uh this i just i i mean still think the bus are gonna win but i i don't know this game just strikes me as something weird could happen
3: yeah it's it's weird with mccaffrey we don't really know what we're gonna see out of this it was mm-hmm. again kind of that weird left field higher and who knows they could come out in the wishbone and make this a, a hell of a game but realistically colorado's gonna win
2: yeah buck
4: good picks and uh this game makes sense you know both in the state of colorado so
3: um
4: yeah solid picks i am i am intrigued about mccaffrey that's definitely a storyline there
1: uh next up the hated southern california fcs rivals cal poly at san diego uh san diego used to be a playoff power they're really not anymore i actually think cal poly they're ahead of them in the staggering rankings I actually think they get a win early, and then maybe like everyone's like, oh, my God, Bo Baldwin's actually done it, and then they finish the year 1-10. and
2: This, to me, is the toughest game to pick that we have. Uh, we, we did see it last, in uh, 2019, uh, San Diego should have beaten UC Davis, uh, and Cal Poly in, in, in the spring was the worst football game team any of us will ever see. But I have to think that, I don't know, like maybe something's happened with Bo Baldwin. Maybe there's a little bit of a turnaround. So I'm going to say Cal Poly, but the moment we log off, I'm going to say I should have picked San Diego, but still Cal Poly.
0: <laughs> I'm going with the Toreros. They've been the... They've been to the playoffs a few years. It's the same coach, same coaching staff. They have a good program there, like just solid program. They went four and two in the spring with a a loss by six to Davidson, which is actually a really good team in the Pioneer last year. And then also a point to Valpo at the end of the year, kind of a weird game. Um, I I still have, I have more faith, I guess, in San Diego than I do in Cal Poly. So, Torero's completely agree
3: uh san diego played competitive games all year last year or last spring i guess and we haven't seen that out of cal poly and i love bo baldwin you guys know i love bo baldwin more than most of my family it seems at this point but (laughs) it's san diego all righty uh buck yeah i think that's a good analysis i think
4: what brian said probably the hardest to pick um you got a you know the pioneer league which obviously non-scholarship but san diego's been very good but they're not what they like were necessarily and then you got cal poly spring season so uh, it's interesting I, I would say yeah top toss-up for sure
1: yeah, I'm just going to leave it on this. I would not be surprised. The Pioneer is so down right now if St. Thomas comes in and wins it year one after jumping from D3 to the FCS. Um, that's how little I think of the Pioneer League right now. Uh, Montana traveling to UW. and uh, already sees a smirk on his face. I'm taking it. I'm st- saying it all summer. I just don't think Jimmy likes the guy, and I would love nothing. And I t- – Montana fans are some of the most obnoxious people ever. And this getting pulled off would just add so much fuel to that fire uh, that it would be miserable all season, regardless of how they do in conference. They beat a top 20 Pac-12 school. I'll take it. Grizz. (laughs) Grizz.
0: Brian, go first here. Yeah, I can't. You,
1: sorry,
2: U Dub's going to win, but Montana's going to look respectable. Cause Montana ha- Montana is much stronger on both sides of the line. Uh, don't think they they're going to have enough firepower to beat U Dub, but I and I don't think it's going to be like a seven point game. But Montana's going to look solid for a while. U Dub's going to still win by you know a couple scores.
0: Okay, well, uh, just so everyone knows on this podcast, I do hold a degree from Washington. They, uh, I have followed them pretty well in 2019 and 2020. Um, UW is just going to steamroll these guys, Chris. I'm sorry, but like UW has actually rated the best O line in the country. Okay, they have produced NFL draft picks at DB every year. They have a guy nicknamed ZTF. I don't want to say his full name because no one can. They just call him ZTF at linebacker, who's going to be a First or second day guy in the draft this year. Jimmy Lake's talent wise at UW is an insane, insane group. We don't like if Montana is playing quarterback with Cam Humphreys. Like Idaho was going to beat Montana with Cam Humphreys. Imagine what Washington does. I'm they a noted
1: Cam Humphreys denier. I think he yeah. stinks. Exactly I right. Think, I still think he'll beat Washington.
0: Okay. Okay. See, that's where I think you're just completely insane. The amount of talent on Washington's insane. Washington won the Pac-12 North in the abbreviated fall season in the Pac-12. They didn't. Pl- it's just kind of a weird thing. They didn't play the Pac-12 title game. Uh, Oregon did, and then Oregon won the Pac-12. So really weird. Oregon was not Pac-12 North champions. Washington was. Um, Dylan Morris is their quarterback at Washington. Actually had a pretty good year, better than Jake Locker, I think, in 2019. 29- not Jake Locker. Jesus. Jacob Eason in 2019. Um, I don't think Jake Eason was that good. Kind of just didn't really care. Dylan Morris, new O.C., Looked pretty good. Looked. They have a tight end and Cade Otten, who is probably going to be a day one or day two guy in the NFL draft this year. Washington's the most talented team, top to bottom in the Pac-12. They're they're my pick to win the Pac-12 this year. I'm just being straight up with you. They're going to win ten games. They're probably going to beat Michigan week two. Like, honestly, like Washington, you are disrespecting my dogs because my dogs are this year are probably going to win the Pac-12. The Grizz are good, yeah, but I think you're, they're just competing with NFL talent across the board on that team, and they're gonna they're gonna win out unless Washington they catch Washington sleeping in a whole sleeper spot because they have Michigan the next week in the big house. Unless they catch that, Washington's gonna kill them. I, I mean, also Sam they're probably gonna play Sam Hubbard at quarterback because that guy is you know Brock oh it's not Hubbard, Heward. That's Damon. Uh, it's Damon and Brock Heward's son and, and nephew, and he was a big time recruit. Um, out of the Pac-12, out of Washington this year. Ran over. Sorry, Chris, but Grizz are getting their shit kicked in by my dogs. Buck. Oh, he's skipping Dallas. Oh, sorry, uh, Dallas,
1: Dallas. I used filibusters so long, but man, I
3: know. Yeah, said. I'll just, I'll just, I'll take what he said.
1: <laughs> the
4: only thing I'll say uh, is, is how many of those beverages have you consumed, Chris?
1: <laughs> about three-fourths.
0: <laughs> Seems like about
1: 10. i But I've cool. had this all summer. To be fair, <laughs> Boatman and I have been going all summer about this. But uh, really, to get some people pissed off here, Montana State versus Wyoming. Wyoming. Although I will say the fact that Brett Vegan was our offensive coordinator ten, six months ago is a very intriguing concept. Uh, however... Wyoming's defensive staff also saw his offense for seven seasons. So I think advantage Wyoming. Once again, I'd be willing to, I don't know what the spread is on this. I'd be willing to lay 16 and a half uh, Wyoming over Montana state. And I think Montana state's going to be good this year.
2: I think Montana state's going to lose. So Wyoming, but I think this will be a competitive game. Wyoming doesn't pass that well at all, or they don't try to. Um, Interesting thing for Montana state, Tucker Rovig was just named the captain and Tucker Rovig is not, had not been projected to start a quarterback. So um, maybe Matt McKay hasn't been as solid as we thought, or maybe this is just Montana State really likes and respects Tucker Rovig, and he'll lead from the sideline. But, uh, Traverius
1: Jackson was a captain of the Seahawks for a while, even though Russell Wilson was quarterback. So. Yeah, the, the,
2: the picks Wyoming, it's a competitive game. Um,
0: you know, Wyoming's a really interesting team to me. They went 2-4 and four last year in their fall season, but they they're – they lost by eight to Boise State, one to New Mexico, Nevada in overtime, which we saw in Nevada was probably the one of the darlings of the Mountain West last year. Um, I, I'm just not that sold on Montana State. I think yet. I think with the new coaching staff and a lot less time to prepare than than normal uh, with coaching turnover, um, I'm going to take Wyoming. But this game is kind of intrigues me. I, I think. Uh, I guess I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Wyoming, but Montana State could make it a little weird.
3: I mean, Brent Vegan obviously knows Wyoming pretty well at this point, but I don't see Montana State having the horses to get it done. It's going to be pretty close. They're going to look competitive at times, but Wyoming's going to win it out. Buck. Yeah, I think they're really similar
4: teams. I think the biggest difference is one has 22 more scholarships than the other. So I think that's what I'll say.
1: Okay. Uh, next up, Sac State at Dixie. Shocker here. I'm taking the trailblazers. I think rest versus rust. We'll see it right here. Sac State, who I am low on. I think they'll figure it out later in the season. I just think they have so many things they got to figure out here. Uh, Dixie State sneaks up and gets some week one.
2: I'm going to go Sac
1: State, and
2: I'm going to say I am jealous as hell that a school like Sac State gets to have someone like Dixie State on their out-of-conference schedule right now. But um, I – I have faith that Sacramento State's still gonna be pretty good. And I, I don't yet want to give Dixie State too much credit as an independent. So Sacramento State.
0: I'm gonna go with Chris here Dixie State. Um, you know, I guess we as of right now we don't know uh who Sac State's quarterback is. I saw that recently it was listed as an or on the depth chart. Um Dixie State, yeah, they knocked off some uh they beat New Mexico State, right? Am I, am I, or is that just Tarleton State? Tarleton they State. lost They but lost then, New Mexico. Wait,
1: but then Dallas. they, beat, so, they, they lost so Tarleton State Tarleton beat New Mexico State. State, but Dixie beat Tarleton State.
0: But did Dixie State lose to New Mexico State?
3: Yes, they did. Yeah. Revised pick
0: Sacramento State. New Mexico State is a garbage team and I hate them. So,
3: yeah, I'd have to go with, with Sacramento State on this. I just don't. Dixie State's building a program, they're obviously just. Getting into the FCS and the WAC and moving, from, it's uh, no, not a chance. Yeah,
4: It'll be an interesting one. First game for Dixie State as a Division One team, so it'll be kind of interesting to see how they stack up against a Big Sky opponent. I think Sac State's, you know, people have, them, but somewhere in the preseason they were in the middle of the pack or somewhere around there. So, um, yeah, it'll be an interesting one.
1: Yeah, uh, next up, Portland State and last, Portland State at Hawaii. Uh, I mean, Portland State's beaten Hawaii the last time they played them, which is wild to think about because I was more towards the heyday of, like, Colt Brandon and everything Hawaii, but a little before. Um, but, and they beat Moazoo just recently, but I know Colter Nuana's probably thinks this is a crazy pick. I think Hawaii just got their kick te- or teeth kicked in by UCLA. I think Hawaii kicks in Portland State's teeth.
0: Um, since we lost Brian, I guess I'll go. Uh, rest versus Russ, right? Portland State. Um, they only played Montana in a spring exhibition. Um, you, Hawaii's already played a game, so give me the team that's already played a game. Plus, guys, Aloha Stadium's dead. Um, it's gone. It's they are playing. Down. They are playing on their. Temporary campus field that seats like ten thousand people. It's smaller than the Kibbe Dome. Yes, a D one team is an FBS team is playing the same. Smaller than the Kibbe Dome. Relegate them to the FCS automatically, like they wanted to do for us for years. Um, also, Portland State's need to get island island bitten. Everyone does. They're gonna first their first game, and since twenty nineteen is on the island. Come on, now, like that's recipe for
3: disaster. I am gonna read off Brian's pick uh, as he's gone. Picking Hawaii to beat Portland State worse than Covid nineteen is beating Florida. That is his observation. Uh, I don't know if it's gonna be quite that bad, but uh, boats right. The first game in essentially two years, you're doing it on the road against the I mean it, Hawaii's not great, but they're certainly better than Portland State.
1: All right, so uh, Buck,
4: yeah, I think Hawaii might take some frustration out, you know, from their game against UCLA out on Portland State. But um, I know some people that are high on Portland State, they're right in my backyard. So that'll be a, that'll be a you know kind of interesting one to see how it plays out and kind of be able to see what Portland State's all about.
1: Yeah. Uh, one last very, very, very important game for us to uh, talk about here. It's the starting of a three-game lose streak. Uh, anybody got Boise State going into the bounce house and losing? Because I effing don't.
0: Oh, Going nice. Uh, they're, they're gonna lose. Yeah, uh, Big. five five and a half's the line. Um, Smash it. I I mean, Dylan Gabriel is gonna tear Boise State apart. Yeah. Um, if you know, obviously, I can't I can't bet anymore. But if I was a betting man, Boise State win total under. Lock it in before Thursday night, folks. What is the win total? Nine. Uh, they have eight. And
1: I think they're at eight and a half. Ooh, see, I'm floating them at eight. But
0: they play. They play BYU. They play Oklahoma State, and they play UCF.
1: Yeah. And they- three and in Tulsa, right?
0: No, they don't have Tulsa. But I mean, they, they always lose to like a Mountain West team here or there. Nevada's good. Air Force is good. Just saying. I'm, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I can count three probably losses on their schedule.
1: I'll smash. Do with it,
0: it as do with it as you will
1: uh hammered down Dallas anything you want to take away from the show
3: I wanted to throw my prediction in for SFU Chris this one's going to make you cringe Thirty-one seventeen. I just don't feel until I see it I don't see Idaho's offense blowing out anybody uh, it's just I get nervous watching Beaudry miss guys that are five feet in front of him uh, he's got a rocket for an arm which is fantastic but until we see it happen, I I can't predict Idaho to score over forty. Okay,
1: well I hope I hope you're wrong. Uh,
3: Trust closing, me, I hope I'm wrong
1: too. <laughs> closing the bar. Um, I guess that's it. We'll be live on Tuesdays. Probably a little bit earlier. We're playing with the time a little bit this year. All of our schedules have kind of tinkered around. But uh, that
0: that's on me. You know, that's that's on me. Yeah. It's, it's a down here on the east coast.
1: coast. Uh, somebody's in mountain time now. Who knows? Some weird stuff like that. Um, but we want to thank Buck Cowan for coming on with us. Buck, thank you very much. Uh, if you want, take a little bit of time, let the people know what you're up to, what you're doing, and how they can find and interact with you.
4: Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't even know my Twitter handle. I think it's like Trent Cowan 13. Um, I'm on a Twitter, but – yeah um just i'm super excited um i'm a huge vandal fan my whole family went to the university of idaho um brother sister parents aunt uncle cousins grandparents um you'd be hard pressed to find a family that has more vandals in it so this is just um a dream come true to be able to to go to every single vandal game home and away and to be a part of the radio broadcast. Super excited to be alongside Chris King. Um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting him in Portland. And um, super nice guy, really bright, knows his stuff. Um, so I'll be able to learn from him, somebody that's a little bit newer to it. But I um, just want to thank you know him and, and um, Desmond. This wouldn't be possible without Desmond Banks' help. Um, my sister-in-law's family is helping me out. Um, as well in Spokane for some traveling, Um, had to get a little uh, um, logistically wise, had to get creative with it to keep it within the budget. Um, Normally it's somebody that's in the area that does this. So, you know, me being uh, just outside of Portland um, had to get creative with it. So really just want to thank uh, my family, Desmond, my sister-in-law's family, um, just University of Idaho, Chris, Dennis Patchen, Um, Ryan Phillips, who did an amazing job for six years, Um, literally huge shoes to fill. So I'm really excited for this season really, really excited to be a part of some Vandal victories.
1: Who wins in a fight, you or Chris Phillips?
4: (laughs) Ryan Phillips. uh, Ryan Phillips, sorry, yeah, yeah. I, it, it, I, if I was a betting man, um, I would hammer <laughs> Rodney Phillips for sure. Um, <laughs> he, he's, he's a big fellow. He's impressive. <laughs> uh,
0: hey, R- R.I.P. to the Cowan Spectrum.
4: Yes, yes. I'm, ex- but I'm very excited to see the new arena. Um, hopefully, I I'll know. be able to maybe sneak in um, and take a peek. I've, I've heard great things, so really excited.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, we want to we want to thank you for coming on. Like we said, and most importantly everybody turn on the radio. If you're like me, you're not going to be there. You're going to be up in the mountains. You should be able to get those rabbit ears somewhere. You can get the call. Uh, If you're in the game, you're excused. Otherwise tune in and listen to this guy and Chris King, or should I say Ryan King uh, call the game (laughs) this weekend? um, Because you know, new crew, this is, this is your Dennis Patchen duo here in just a couple years, so uh, welcome to the new voice of the Vandals. Get accustomed to it now, and someday you'll look back and be like, "I remember when I listened to his first game against those Canadians." Uh, but hey,
0: I have a question, Chris. So, yeah. or for Trent too, is are there separate ESPN Plus announcers? Or are they just using you guys, uh, Trent, as it's as the, the voices? Radio
1: broadcast, right? I think I was confirmed. Right.
4: It's just radio. I, I Okay. I, believe they'll have the espn broadcasters they said if if there was a crunch that they could use the the radio audio for espn plus but from what i know um with a grain of salt they'll have somebody you know you know um the audio and broadcasting it'll be separate from us for
1: the okay oh well then listen to it on the radio dang it uh <laughs> anyway. listen to the radio
0: put it on your tv yeah there yeah probably yeah, so. the, the tv
1: you with the guys okay. listen to us yeah let's do, who wants to listen to a bunch of guys that played at lsu and nc state talk about idaho and simon frazier exactly you want to listen to buck cowan and chris king damn it and with that it's not the best band in all the land that plays out today it's colby a cuff Vandal uh, musician on the up. So give him a look. If you're in Sandpoint, Sandpoint Fest. See you guys in the next one. Go Vandals. Go
3: Vandals.
0: Go watch Ronaldo highlights.
1: So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the Vandals in the crowd. All just out there living the dream. Part of one and only Moscow drink.